This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. I'm here with Wharton Professor Joe Harrington to talk about his paper, What Can the Duration of Discovered Cartels Tell Us About the Duration of All Cartels? Welcome, Professor. I'm glad to be here. So tell us about your paper. Well, it starts with the issue of collusion, and uh, the probably was best stated by recently deceased Justice Antony Scalia, who referred to collusion as the supreme evil of antitrust. So collusion is all about the fact that firms, which we count upon to compete for the business of customers, and in doing so, result in lower prices, better products, and the like. Uh, in some industries, they decide that that leads to profits that are too low. And so what they do is they engage in unlawful coordination of their behavior. They decide to, uh, instead of driving prices down in order to get customers' business, they decide, well, well, how about we all set artificially high prices, share the market, and we'll all earn high profits. And so collusion is a, is a real challenge, and it's become particularly so in the last several decades. I would say 30 years ago, if you asked an official of the antitrust division, the Department of Justice, they, uh, whether there were any global cartels other than the type like OPEC, uh, they would have said no. Uh, but the fact is we observed many global cartels as well as many domestic cartels in, in uh, the last couple of decades. So a challenge in terms of understanding cartels, you know, asking, well, how many unlawful cartels are there out there? You know, how bad are they? How much do they raise prices? Uh, how long do they last? Uh, we face a challenge which is common to criminal behavior, which is these criminals want to hide themselves. So what we observe are just those cartels that are unfortunate enough to be discovered and convicted. So a challenge gets to be, which is, well, we know how many discovered cartels are out there. We know how long they last. We know how high a price they set. But is that representative of the actual latent population of all cartels? So where this can kind of specifically, for example, manifest itself in terms of a policy challenge is suppose the antitrust division puts in place a new program and they want to know, is it kind of is it proving to be beneficial? Is it actually helping to reduce the presence of collusion? Well, all we can observe is what's happening to the, the kind of population that of discovered cartels. So if, for example, we observe more discovered cartels, is that because the program maybe is working to make discovery more likely, and that's good? Or maybe it's counterproductive. Maybe what it's doing is actually creating more cartels, and that's why there's more discovered cartels. So that's kind of the starting point to this research, which is trying to determine what, is it, what it is we can learn about the underlying latent you know, universe of cartels from those that we actually discover. And specifically what the research is concerned with is the issue of the duration of cartels. So we can measure, and there have been many studies that have measured how long discovered cartels last. These studies, the average duration ranges from five to eight years, depending on the study. Uh, and the issue is, well, is that kind of a good proxy for the duration of all cartels. And so, so what this research is designed to do is to, tr to try to provide a, a kind of a method to kind of getting at, you know, how much bias there might be in looking at discover cartels with regards to the universe of cartels. So what are some key takeaways of the paper? 
Well, the, the paper kind of – to answer that question, let me say that the paper kind of makes two contributions. First, what it does is it puts forth a theoretical framework to kind of think through these issues and understand, well, when will bias occur in what direction? And, what it, and the way it does this, it constructs a model of the birth, death, and discovery of cartels. And, and one of the things that it shows and, – and, and this is in the context of – if you read many papers in the literature – some economists will say that, well, the uh, measured duration of discovered cartels is an overestimate of the actual true duration. And some will say it's an underestimate. And so what we want to do is put forth a theoretical framework where we can say precisely, you know, when is it an over or underestimate? What drives that? And so what we find is that if cartels differ a lot in terms of their, the likelihood that they'll collapse. So once again, think about the death here of, of a cartel. You know, cartel's born. It could just internally collapse, as we've observed with sometimes lawful cartels like OPEC, which is right now not, you know, not very functional. Uh, and so it could just die that way. It could be discovered, and its conviction would lead to its collapse. So we can think about cartels as differing in these two key characteristics. What's the likelihood of collapsing, let's say, in any year? What's the likelihood of being discovered in any year? If cartels tend to vary really largely in terms of uh, the likelihood of collapse, what we find is that the measured duration of discovered cartels is an overestimate of the true duration. And the reason, the intuition is that if you have a cartel that's really very stable with a low chance of collapse, it just hangs around for a long time and has plenty of opportunities to be discovered. Cartels that are short-lived will tend to die and, and avoid discovery. So, so the bias in that case will work towards saying that, well, if we measure for example, the um, average duration of discovered cartels to be, let's say, six years, that that probably is an overestimate. Now, there's other assumptions you can make whereby you get bias going the other direction. So, but, but one contribution and takeaway is to be able to f kind of frame these issues so we can understand, okay, what drives bias? The other contribution, and, and more where I think the, the key takeaway is, is to then use this framework to get a measure about the extent of this bias. How big is it? So we take this framework and we use data on uh, convicted cartels by the antitrust division from, uh, say, 1961 to cartels that were born from 61 to 84. And we can use that data to get a – first of all, if you, just, you could just measure the average duration of these convicted cartels, and it's uh, 5.8 years. But we can use this framework to then get a sense of how big is the bias with regards to the duration of actual, all the cartels. Those also those that are undiscovered. And what we find is that, uh, and I think one of the surprising kind of results is that the bias is actually is not that large. We find kind of with kind of high likelihood, the, the duration, average duration of all cartels probably ranges from about 5.2 to 6.8 years. Great. So what are some practical implications of your research? Uh, I think probably the most substantive one is regards to evaluating policy. You know, it's a uh, I think there's been a lot of policy innovations by various competition authorities. Uh, one of the big challenges is determining, well, are they helping in the fight against cartels? You know, are they resulting in fewer cartels, uh, reducing the overcharge, re resulting in lower duration? And I said the challenge here is that we don't directly measure those things. Uh, so it's not like uh, with some types of, 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 of crime where we can measure the crime rate because all the crimes are, are reported. Uh, in the case of cartels, it is criminal. But 
those who are harmed don't necessarily know that they've been harmed. They don't know that they paid excessively for this good. So, so that's a real policy challenge. Uh, and to be more concrete about this, probably the biggest innovation in policy in fighting cartels in the last 30 years has been the revision of the corporate leniency program by the antitrust division. So this is kind of an age-old idea with conspiracies, which is that uh, if uh, someone from the conspiracy comes forward, cooperates with the authorities, they'll be absolved of government penalties. Okay, so this was a program that was in place starting in 1978, but it had certain design flaws to it, was rarely used. Uh, in 93, it was revised. Uh, it was made kind of, you know, kind of structurally sound, and immediately the leniency application started coming in. So it's been... Uh, certainly successful as measured by the number of leniency applications. It's been adopted by many other jurisdictions. Uh, probably more than 50 countries and unions have a leniency program. Uh, but still the question is, well, but is it affecting the actual population of cartels? And that's a difficult question. So one of the things we want to do here is, with this kind of approach, is it can provide a method to try to measure the impact of a program such as the leniency program, to specifically address the question of, has it, for example, resulted in cartels uh, being of shorter duration? That would be an immediate benefit from that. And so, uh, so that's something we plan to do kind of in the next step of this research project. We've looked at uh, measure, using this model to measure the underlying duration of cartels with data prior to the revision leniency program, and that was somewhat due to kind of data limitations, but a new data set has recently become available, and that will encompass cartels that were born and died after the advent of the leniency program. And so we can redo the analysis and then see, well, what has happened to the duration of cartels kind of before and after the leniency program? Uh, this won't be able to tell a kind of causality story, but I think it'll provide some kind of, kind of needed uh, data to speak to the issue of, well, what impact are these programs having? What conclusions, if any, surprised you? I, I think the biggest one was that there wasn't as much bias I, as I would have expected. I think that's been a, a running concern of, of economists and policymakers in this context. Uh, but uh, the bias is definitely there. We definitely find evidence of it, but it's not as large as one would have thought. So, uh, so let's put it this way. Um, I think some of the conclusions drawn based upon what were known to be bias estimates, uh, probably most of them are robust because of the fact that we find that the bias isn't actually that large. So what sets your research apart from prior work in this area? Uh, well, I think this is a topic which uh, pe people kind of talked about and mentioned as they engaged in the analysis saying, well, okay, our, our, our data is probably biased because it's just discovered cartels and and those could be very different from the universe of cartels. Uh, you could easily imagine that, well, we're just discovering the ones that are, you know, that, that uh, are very ineffective. And that's why they're being discovered. Uh, or, as I said before, we could be discovering the ones that are really stable and effective. And so they're around for a long time with lots of opportunities to be discovered. Uh, that was kind of recognized and mentioned. And then people just went forward and just kind of did their work as if the, the data was not biased. This is really the first study to say, well, let's see what we can actually say about the extent of the bias, and is it really that large, and to what extent can we kind of compensate for it you know, in, in our conclusions? So how will you follow up this research? Uh, well, I think right now what we're going to be doing, as I said, there's going to be a follow-up empirical analysis, kind of looking at 
uh, data, using data from the post-leniency program era. So he would get some sort of assessment about whether duration has been impacted by the leniency program. Uh, I think where one can also make advances is, is in terms of the theoretical framework. Uh, right now, the framework itself is kind of sparse in terms of how it models the birth death and discovery of cartels, uh, but there's kind of a developing literature uh, in economics on uh, how, to, how to model birth, you know, what, what determines whether or not a cartel is created, you know, what in, kind of uh, inspires managers to say, well, let's not compete anymore, let's collude, uh, what causes cartels to collapse. There's a kind of a, a rather large uh, uh, body of work on that, uh, less so in terms of what leads to discovery. But I think trying to Take into account those those structures. Get a richer structure to, to embed that within our framework, so we can tell kind of a richer story about the kind of the life cycle cartels from when they're born and when they die. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Oh, it's a pleasure being being here. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.